morning and welcome to February 16th, 2009. It's the start of a brand new week and a brand new Monday for me. Like Paul, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That's a word from Romans 1.11. And you know, we reached a halfway point this month and I wonder if you're stronger now than you were when the month began. And moreover, when it comes to improving our performance and our relationships, I wonder how much attention I really pay to my inspiration for that improvement. And on a more practical level, what am I doing to make sure I'm on the right track? My name's Bo Ellis with Christ Across America, and that's the topic we're going to cover today on this, The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, Getting Stronger Every Day. I'm coming to you as usual from our Tampa studios and joining me on the telephone now from Bradenton from the 1010 Wellness headquarters is my friend and your chief wellness instigator, Chris Hughes, here to tell us about the grouper run that we finished uh, this past Sunday together. Chris, how's it going? Tell us about that race and what was your biggest takeaway from all that this weekend? Hey, Bo, good to hear from you. And it was a great race. It's always a challenge to get up at 4 a.m. for these things, but I guess my biggest takeaway is how great it is to participate with others in your fitness activities. We ran pretty mellow in the beginning, ran it hard on the backside. Running terms, you'd say we, we achieved a negative split, and that's the best way to run a race, that is for sure, because you, you have more energy uh, to finish. How'd you do? It was awesome to just be a part of an event like that. You know, you and I met up at your house at 4.30 in the morning. And for me, the first thing that sticks out in my mind is what in the world are these wacky runners doing starting a race at 6 o'clock in the morning? Well, a big part of it, at least in Florida, is, is the temperature. It gets so warm and so humid that if you if you drag these things out later, it can become... I guess a concern for heat, stroke, and those sort of things, but also it's a lot easier to persuade municipalities that you want to run this event on their roads if you do it at the early hours, so I think that's also a big part. But honestly, well, I've never organized or run a race, so maybe uh, when we start our own, we'll have to come up with a a nice uh, 10 a.m. start time. Or 6.30 p.m., like the 5K coming up at uh, Robinson Preserve. The next thing that stuck out for me really is just seeing you and your other team and training mates there and just seeing your vision for what 1010 Wellness is all about. You noticed there were a lot of purple jerseys out there, didn't you? Did. I saw them all. Yeah. Well, I actually saw them as they were running by me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Bo, uh, that's because they just finished uh, a marathon training program. Many of them did. And at any rate, uh, a lot of the folks that were out there had probably just done the Disney Marathon or Disney Half Marathon, and so they used this. And that was the case with my crew. Uh, It was just kind of a way for us to reconnect after that race. And we're now officially alums, you might say, with team and training. And we'll see each other at future races, and we'll plan things together. And that's just another one of the benefits of participate in a group that uh, you've always got just some other friends that you can enjoy uh, all this great stuff with. Well, listen, I've done the grouper run with you twice now. Um, Two years ago, in 07, I did it with you in March. Actually, the day of the Luis Palau Festival, and that made for quite a long day for me. But the thing that stuck out for me in doing it again is this, the same problem that I have over and over again is, is when I get started on a run that early in the morning, I mean, I just run into some serious GI issues and 
some lower track, you know, challenges. And I can't be alone in that. And I, I don't bring that up to, you know, because I think it's funny because it is really funny, but it's not fun. And that I know you and Greg, after the race, were talking about, you know, watching your fiber intake the night before. And, and again, it's kind of a wacky topic, but comment on that because I think it's real. And I think people need to hear that. Well, it's most definitely real, and really the way to uncover what some of those variables are going to be is to practice them in your training. For example, our team and training group, in in preparation for the Disney Marathon, uh, our training workouts would always start at 6.30 a.m. because the Disney Marathon starts at 6 a.m. So I guess to answer your question, but it all comes down to practice, and you have to have experienced all the things that will take place in a race, you have to experience those in in training. And if you have, then I'd say your training was good, and then you shouldn't have any surprises come race day. And And that brings me to one other point. Don't ever experiment or try anything new on race day. Not only does that include food, but also clothing. People have broken in their new shoes on race day and suffered blisters or worse. Well, I thought one other thing that George mentioned about, you know, nutrition and and during the race, I I don't ever run with um, Gatorade or, you know, any of those sports drinks. I typically I'll, I'll just drink water, but I was using Gatorade this morning early on. And I'm wondering if that contributed to some of my issues, but um, you mentioned this uh, negative split idea. I wanted you to comment on that a little deeper so that folks understand that uh, what you mean by that. Well, it's a really simple concept, really. Typically what happens when you start a race, and this could be a 5K, 10K, or half marathon or marathon, you have so much adrenaline just surging through your veins at that start. And everyone around you is running hard, so you tend to go out at a pace faster than than what you should. Come midpoint of the race, and by the end of the race, you're starting to run out of gas, and then by the last mile or whatever the case may be, you're sometimes leaking oil and the wheels are coming off and you end up walking. And and I've been there before, I know this, especially if conditions aren't what you expected. If if it's warmer that day than you anticipated, then uh, these things can happen. The idea of a negative split, as an example, I kind of mapped it out on a piece of paper, just said, here's a 13 mile race. I said, okay, we want to average, and I'll, I'll, I'll use the actual numbers. We want to average nine minute per mile pace for the race. And so you kind of look at the middle of the race, that would be mile seven. If you finish mile seven in nine minutes, then what you do is you kind of backtrack mile six, five, four, three, two, one, and you add five seconds so that mile six was a 9.05 pace and then a 9.10, and you kind of go back, and I think it brings you all the way to a 9.30 pace for the first mile. But then on the backside of the run, bow, you start going below that nine-minute mile per mile pace. So... Uh, you go to an 8.55 and then an 8.50, and ultimately down by the last mile, you're doing an 8.30 mile. That nine-minute-per-mile pace is based on my training. I know that I could run that race and average nine minutes per mile, but a better way to do it, like I say, is to start slower and then finish faster. And it's kind of fun because you're passing people at the end of the race. That is fun, even for a guy who's, you know, where I was, which, you know, I'm a much slower runner, but I had set out on this idea of, of running the race exactly like that, and I had a lot of success, I think, after after the midway point, I finally got into a groove where I felt like I'm really, you know, hitting my stride and was feeling good. Um, I remember two years ago when I did that race, I mean, I was able to hold that momentum all the way to the finish line to the point where I actually ran my last mile, probably as fast as I can run a mile, 
And uh, kudos to you and George for that 7.30 or whatever it was on your final mile today. But unfortunately, because I haven't been running as much as I'd like to, or maybe I'm a little, my body weight's a little up from where it should be, or, or I'd like it, well, I just kind of hit a wall. Maybe it's a lack of sleep. But I did end up limping home. And I uh, enjoyed being there. It's a good wrap-up on the race, just the fellowship and the community of an event like that. Um, I really like the, the feel of that event. There wasn't anything there that was, that was creepy. Or, or seemed weird to me. It actually seemed like a really nice um, group that put it on in a gorgeous venue with these banyan trees on the water, and it was just fantastic. So thanks for including me and allowing me to be a part of that. Absolutely, Bo. That'll have to be uh, part of our annual calendar, maybe a tradition, you might say. Well, I hear that, and um, kudos to you and George for, for getting that sub two-hour half and you guys doing that 7.30 on the way home. And that 7.30 mile doesn't come as a result of you guys just doing, um, you know, what we call tempo training, you know, the whole while. I wanted to focus this week on strength training, interval training, and um, what we call gassers. You might remember I mentioned uh, the racquetball experience for me over the last week has really created this idea that um, if you don't stress the muscle, it's not going to grow. And I know that for a lot of people walking or jogging, they, they rarely would take into consideration this idea of improving performance and inflicting pain on themselves in order to accomplish that goal. So we talked yesterday also, or last week also, Chris, about this idea of listening to your body and making sure you're not pushing it too hard. So we thought we'd spend the balance of the time we have this week on where you find that, uh, that middle ground. How in the world, Chris, are we going to push it and really get performance increases or gains uh, without hurting ourselves? And how, what are some tips you can give some folks as to how they can incorporate interval training into their regular routine? Okay, well, it is a super important topic. And, and before we jump on that, Bo, last week we said or spoke about listen to your body. I don't think I was very clear about what, what we do once we identify some of those symptoms, and that would be take massive action. If your body is, is sending signals, uh, you, you have to respond to it and, and respond to it immediately. Now, interval training. Some call it sprints or sprint workouts. You call them gassers. You know, I never heard that term before you, Bo, was gassers, but you said that was a football term. It is. Bill Phillips, Bill Phillips really in his program, Body for Life, suggests that any cardio you do ever should be done on this idea of, of achieving peaks. For a visual, if you're walking, you would start out uh, four or five minute little sections you would build your, your 20 minute workout into and you would make sure that for that last minute that you were actually peaking in terms of your output and then you'd go back and do it all over again. And what he suggests is that if you continue doing that over and over and over in, in the gym, on the weights, and in your cardio, that you'll start hitting new peaks. And that makes perfect sense. And I mentioned today that, you know, I'm, I'm not a real fast runner. In every marathon training program I've ever seen, there's this idea of speed night. And that's intended, of course, to help you hit new peaks. So I thought it was important that we address today, Chris, you know, am, am I doing interval training for fat loss and for weight loss, or can I incorporate interval training into my weight loss program, and how does that look? Uh, we said um, that, you know, the high-intensity workouts are not great fat-burning workouts in the first place, so go on, and I'm, I'll, I'll get out of the way. Okay, well, what we want to do, ultimately, what we want to accomplish with interval training is improving your body's ability to burn fat even more. 
like we said, there's an accumulation of lactic acid that, that occurs, so we have to kind of taper it to some degree. And, and let me also point out, Bo, um, I am not studied in this other than most of what I know in this topic comes from Covert Bailey, who was a microbiologist who you may have heard of, just did a phenomenal job of taking very complicated biological processes, metabolism, things like that, and, and explaining it in layman's terms. So that's where, uh, where some of this comes from. And I would definitely encourage anybody that wants to know more to seek out Covert Bailey. I mean, he's got a lot of books out there that are, are, are quick, easy reads. And he's also a huge proponent of, of, of fitness. But anyway, um, he would tell us that um, before we introduce interval training, we need to have a base where we can be exercising for about 30 minutes. Before we introduce interval training or sprints into our running or cycling, have a base where, where you can go out and exercise aerobically for at least a half an hour. Then, now, like you said, you'll, you'll reach a plateau and to get to the next level, you've got to start introducing speed work. Now, speed work can be misconstrued as doing all-out sprints to the point of just exhaustion, and that's not at all what we want to do. What we want to do is, let's say you're running along at, a, at your comfortable pace, you want to pick up your pace to the point of, of getting out of breath and that might take you 20 to 40 seconds, and, and that might be the distance uh, from one light post to the next light post, or maybe that's two houses, whatever the case may be. You increase your pace to the point where you're out of breath, and then you slow back down to where you were before. The whole point of doing that type of activity, and, and you can duplicate that in cycling or swimming, whatever the case. The whole point is to train your body to recover better. And what you're actually doing is, is, is further building up those enzymes in your, in your cells that burn fat. And so, in essence, you're, you're becoming a better recoverer by introducing sprints. So for first-timers, um, I don't suggest going out and uh, playing a game of racquetball if, if you don't have a good base of fitness or any other really high anaerobic activity, but build a base, get to the point where you're able to achieve a 30-minute uh, workout nonstop, and then start introducing some of those intervals or sprints. And, and when I say sprint, again, it's not an all-out effort. It's just one that gets to, to the point of where, where you're out of breath, and then slow it back down to the pace where you were, recover, and your body will certainly respond to that additional stress that you put on it. What happens if you overstress it, Bo, if, if you're going and doing too many sprints and not giving yourself enough recovery time, um, you're ultimately going to overstress your body and then you're, you're going to either end up injured or if you're doing this day after day after day, you're literally going to start tearing your muscle down because you're not giving it enough time to recover. So another point about interval training, and you kind of touched on this earlier, but you really only want to do it once a week or maybe twice a week if you're well trained. But you know, exercise is important, but just as important, Bo, is the rest we get after we exercise because that's when our body recovers and heals and rebuilds our, our, our muscles and, and adds new cells and does all that great work. Well, if you don't give it adequate time, you're, you're, you're not going to improve.
you know, the, the muscle heads are very clear on um, stress the muscle, feed the muscle, rest the muscle, the muscle grows. And I don't think we pay enough attention to that in our, our beginner type, you know, I just want to get healthy folks will embark upon some walking routine or, uh, you know, hopefully they'll hop on a bike with me and go spin around Temple Terrace. But there's actually a real structured approach that I think a lot of athletes take that your novice or, or not so plugged in athlete wouldn't recognize or realize is that your marathon runners are doing a real specific regimen during the week. Like you said, there's um, one night a week will be speed night. Uh, one day a week will be what they call tempo or you know, your normal pace. And then the weekends typically in a marathon training program will be what they call long, where you're expected to actually run at a slower pace, uh, but for a longer period of time. That's very familiar to me, Chris, but I'm not so familiar with the way cyclists would go about that. I know out at Flatwoods, we'll do, um, we'll get in a pace line and we'll just, you know, pull a mile and, and peel away, pull a mile and peel off and we'll run very high speeds. Um, and that really is a good form of interval training because when you're in the draft, actually you're working about 60% as hard as you would if you're pulling out front. Um, talk to me about the pool though, because I'm not sure that I've ever even tried to do any type of training in the pool other than just you know stay alive for that 1500 that takes me you know 40 minutes to swim. Yeah, pool workouts are. I mean, really, they're they're no different at all than than running, at least in concept. And that is, you know, you can go out, and, and this is assuming that you've got some base fitness in your swimming. Uh, you can go out and just jump in the in, in the in the water and just kind of swim along at a very mellow pace that you know your heart rate is going to be in that 65 to 80 percent of your max range and you could do that all day long non-stop well that's fine but to take your swimming fitness to the next level it requires some interval training so in the typical swim workout is going to have like a warm-up of 400 yards or so or it you know it all varies but it could be 300 yards warm-up and then after that you might do 400 yards just at a uh, a steady pace and then after that you'll start doing 100s and 100s are where you're in essence you're doing your sprints your interval and you, you rest shortly after each one of those 100s and then after a number of those and you'll go back and maybe do a, a 400 non-stop at a, at a more comfortable pace and then finally you'll cool down so does that kind of answer your question about how you manage it in, in a swim workout well it does a little bit but do you in the pool have one day that you'll do one certain idea or one certain thing and then the next day you'll do something different yeah you'll have much like running you'll have one swim workout which is almost just like a long slow distance run where you'll just jump in the pool and you're just going to swim laps for 30 to 40 minutes and you're going to do it at a, a slow comfortable pace and that's your workout you'll have other workouts where you're going to be doing speed work which is where you're doing more hundreds than anything else and even some 50s and so people that swim know that when you're swimming a 50 that is an all-out sprint and I don't do very many of those but um, you can do hundreds and then two hundreds so that's kind of like your your, your medium distance or, or your tempo type workout uh, or rather no that's more like your interval workout and you can have something in between more like a tempo running workout where you have a very slow warm-up and then maybe for three or four hundred yards um, you'll swim at a higher pace probably take a little bit of a break and then do the same thing over again so you're you're swimming faster than um, than just a long slow one but it's not an all-out sprint well that's the whole point is improving performance I think a lot of folks get into to certain activities and they think wow this is a lot of fun and I can be fit you know I wonder if I can get better 
I think it's relevant to bring up a baseball analogy and have you comment on it. You know, a home run hitter makes, you know, 10 million a year to hit 40 home runs a year. And if you think about it, those 40 swings or those 40 at-bats where they're actually successful, if you really put the pencil to it, you know, they work about 40 minutes a year. And it's naive to think that because behind the scenes, what you've got is an athlete who's doing everything he possibly can do to prepare himself for that moment when he steps into the batter's box. So one of the things I thought about with this whole idea of strength training and peaking and interval training was the way a batter will always swing a couple bats in the, in the batter's box or put a donut, you know, a weighted bat prior to stepping into the box so that the bat feels lighter to them when they're actually hitting. And I'm wondering, relevant to endurance training, I noticed really with the racquetball, once I got my legs under me that third time, man, I was jumping on shots like a cat and I felt like I really got my legs back. And I think that translates for me on a run or on a ride now where I'm going to have a lot more in the tank when it gets to, comes time to stand up and, and sprint out that last 100 yards or, or run that last mile. So relate a little bit to me how the interval training actually shows up and what that looks like and moreover, you know, why even bother? Well, I guess you could say interval training is to endurance athlete what that weighted donut is to home run hitters. It, uh, it, it prepares you and makes the training or makes the actual event or your training seem easier when you've been running whatever the sprints might be or swimming 100-yard intervals. It just makes the regular pace just seem that much easier. And we're out there racing, but let's face it, but we're not really racing. We're just going out to, to finish a race for the most part. We, uh, we just want to have a good time. But having, as you said, having that reserve when we need it is, is just something that kind of adds to your confidence and just well feeling of well-being when you're on the course or the race course or whatever the whatever it might be and is that where your your why bother comment would land or or you want to expand on that a little bit interval training will make us better fat burners and that's really what most people are interested in they just want to be able to maintain fitness and go out and enjoy their exercise or at least that's what i'm trying to help people to do by and large, we're just trying to get people to the point where they enjoy exercise and look forward to it. And before people get um, too too focused on speed work and interval training, I want to make sure they're having a good time just going out and, and just spinning and running and not worrying about those things uh, first off. Well, that's a great plug for our show we did, I think, two weeks ago called Making It Fun. And I'm really glad, Chris, that we can continue along and to have God actually give us these ideas and show us a way we could could look at exercise and wellness and fitness and then also take a look at what the Bible says you know, about that topic. So this might be a great time for us to take a look at what the Bible says about uh, strengthening ourselves. Ephesians 6 is a great place to start. Uh, in 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. In 13, therefore put on the full armor of God. And in 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Friends, the Word of God is our strength through Jesus Christ. And spending time in that Word is just the same as that baseball player who swings that extra heavy bat or that athlete that does interval training and is seeking to improve their performance. I've got a friend in particular who's in the Word of God every day and journaling every day for over 2,000 straight days. 
And I'm telling you, that's performance. For the glory of Jesus, Paul tells us in Philippians 4.13, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's from the New Living Translation. And once we realize that it's Christ that gives us our strength, we come to realize what the reason for all of this is. So I want to pray for us now. Dear Jesus, thank you for the spirit that you give us to seek to honor you and glorify you with our performance, not only in our fitness, but in our relationships. I pray, God, that as I seek to continue to improve, as I seek to continue to strengthen myself, that I'm reminded in your word that it's because of you and for you that we do all these things. God, I pray for those that don't know you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, brother. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming today, and thanks for putting the time in to, to help folks get a better understanding of what the interval training really looks like for them and moreover what it really looks like for them and their relationship uh, with Jesus. Chris, I know we're going to look forward to doing another show next Monday and we'll look forward also to the Gasparilla Distance Classic here in Tampa. If you'd like to join us and be a part of that, check out Chris's website at 1010wellness.com, leading people into healthy lifestyles they can get excited about. And here at Christ Across America, our mission and vision is to promote ministries that are getting it done for Jesus Christ in the tough places and helping people who don't know Him uh, get an idea of why uh, we do what we do as followers of Jesus. It's been a great show, Chris. Any parting comments? Well, uh, the only parting comment was thanks so much for coming down uh, into my hood to enjoy the Sarasota Half Marathon. It was a treat, and I look forward to when we can do it again. That's awesome, Chris. And we look forward to all of you checking out the forum at ChristAcrossAmerica.com. Leave a comment. Leave a prayer request. Let us know how you're doing. For now, that's going to do it. This is Christ Across America asking you where are you allowing Jesus to work in your life today? We'll see you next week. Hey, Bo. This is your boy, Winston, from Tampa. How you doing? Man, you know that podcast about uh, not overdoing it when you're training? Well, I think I need that. Uh, I'm just going to do a little bit at a time and just stay steady at it, and I want to get healthier. So uh, thanks a lot for the advice, and uh, keep up the good work. I'll let you later. God bless you. See you.